When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Appreciate you being with us. It's a uh, Thursday edition, getting you into your weekend with Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. The um, talked about the big game tonight in the NFL to start Week 11. Cowboys are at Carolina Sunday. Houston is uh, home to the Arizona Cardinals. Carolina made a change. Frank Rice is calling the plays now. He's going to let them uh, let the offensive coordinator put in the game plan, but he's going to call the plays. We'll see, see if there's an improvement. That Cowboys yeah. uh, defense is wicked. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to help. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help. I'd admit that before the game, playing the Cowboys. Be Probably, like, yeah. yeah. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. You, know, I, honestly, he, you can tell there's something. There is a a public, like, I don't know, angst-filled, passive-aggressive, like, standoff happening between Frank Wright, it feels like, and the ownership of the Panthers. Right? Remember he came out publicly and he was like, yeah, we have these really tense meetings. Um, where he lets me know exactly what I'm doing wrong and that kind of stuff. And everybody was like, that's a weird thing to admit. And, <laughs> and he was like, he admitted that they're uncomfortable. And I don't, I don't necessarily like them, but they're necessary and good. And it's like, why, why are you up here admitting that kind of well, stuff? Well, remember uh, – uh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, and then you have the Carolina Panthers ownership now coming out saying something about that was a trade possibly in place with the Texans, but then it fell through. It's like, what's, yeah. the, what's the point of revealing this stuff, guys? Yeah. Well, and I, I think under- that's <laughs> kind of the thing. Dave Tepper, the, the billionaire owner, is a weird guy. So, <laughs> a lot so, of so, billionaires. A lot are. of billionaires. Are, he's just a weird <laughs> dude. And it seems like a guy that'd be odd to be around. He's just one of those guys. You know, I mean, they're billionaires, right? And billionaires. So who knows? Yeah. But he's a he's a hedge fund guy, and uh, came in used to be part owner of the Steelers. He was in that, not he was like at least a minority owner with the Rooney's. Mm-hmm. Grew up a big Steelers fan, and he you know always wanted to own an NFL team. And here he is, but he does get in his own way, I think. And you know, the tense meetings that Frank Reich's talking about is this guy's weird. <laughs> guy doing in here this guy's weird man let's <laughs> well you know when, when he admit when he could, no, i think you're right i think you're actually like this guy's weird i'm just telling you guys he's well strange. we'll think about this i mean i'll try to find the sound at some point here because uh, i was listening to it yesterday but dave tepper like was just telling the media about yeah, this i got it i'll send it to the because i just got it this three-way yeah. trade with yep. the, the that was that was you know what they were working on with carolina uh trying to go up in the draft or come back remember carolina uh trade with chicago uh, and it looked like there was going to be a three-way deal and all this, so whatever. But Dave Tepper confirmed it all. But then said the reason it didn't happen is Houston was, was dragging their feet and maybe didn't want to do it. And so he got impatient. He got impatient because he's used to trading, right? He's used yeah. to things happening. When I make trades, we make trades. Yeah. Well, what are, what's wrong with Houston? What are they waiting on? <laughs> it's like, well, and then they, they blinked, and then they made the deal with Chicago anyhow. And yeah. It's like, dude, that's yeah, why are I, you revealing this? And, and that's I, not good negotiating strategy. I'm with you. I'm like, why are you revealing this stuff now? And it's, 
I mean, because I think it hurts. I don't know if your young quarterback necessarily gets confidence that you're revealing this either. Yeah. Uh, if you send it to Ty, we'll play that here said, coming up before we get to Vernon Orange Curtain. Ty. It's also National Fast Food Day, and I mentioned that I'm going to go have some fast food. I rarely eat fast food, so I'm going to uh, treat myself today. And people are sending great suggestions. But here's some uh, deals that are out there, Rod, at Arby's. You ever go to Arby's? I do not, but we have the meats. I we love the, the commercials. Meats. I love the commercials. Two can dine for nine ninety nine. It says here. Now their curly fries are next level. I would go to Arby's. Usually, just go just for the curly fries. Ty, you're the fast food connoisseur. Ooh. Do you like Arby's? No. No. Wow. That's all. That's a, that's saying a lot. Burger King. Uh, have it your way. You can get to have it your way. Uh, BK. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. Have that's, it your that's in your head. Yeah, yeah. You can get a free Whopper with any purchase of $20 if you're a Royal Perks member. Royal Perks. Got to get that out, man. Uh, Carl's Jr. has a deal, but you got to join their rewards program. That's another place I've never been. I've never been to Carl's Jr. I've never been to Del Taco either. Del Taco? There's some, I don't even know where a Del Taco no, would Carl's be. Jr. I think I, no, Carl's Jr.? Where's, 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 where's one? Is that good? I always get it on, when I go to Dallas to see my mom. There's one in, like, Georgetown. I stop off. Yes, one of North. And there's also one. What's, your, what's the go-to there? Is that burgers? Paris, Texas. Uh, yeah, I get the double uh, bacon Western burger. It's pretty good. Wow. I love that, Ty. He can tell you what he gets. And he cheese fries. He's got a go-to. Item. Yeah, he's, he's got a go-to at each one. That's crazy. Domino's, you can order from the there's six ninety nine mix and match deal going on here. Uh, so you can get some cheesy bread up in there. Hardee's has a deal going on. KFC has a deal. McDonald's. So if you're a fast food person, Wendy's. Oh, man. Hadn't done it in a long time. Like I said, Chick-fil-A is probably my go-to fast food. Oh, Wendy's getting an entire meal for five bucks. Oh, yeah. That, that's, the, that's the beauty of fast food It's how cheap it is. Here, here's, your, here's your recommendation, Ty. Zaxby's. Zaxby's. They'll throw in some free nuggets if you join their uh, rewards program. Like Ty's got like 14 or 15 food apps on his phone. It's amazing. I can't do it. Mm-mm. Can't do but it. You did say you're, you're, you're considering caving on the Chick-fil-A app. Yes, I am. Because it's very convenient. And that is one. the one – fast food place that I actually do. I probably eat there once or twice a month. So walk me through this. Do you order the food ahead of time? Is that what you do? And then you get a deal? Is that and then you just go pick it up? Or yeah. they'll deliver it? Is that how that works? Yeah. And you get points. You get rewards. You get free, free right. stuff yeah. almost every time you go back after you sign up. You do. Yep. They got you, man. I love it. Hey. Ball on the budget, That's something man. I will not do uh, is join, download apps for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we'll hear this Dave Tepper sound. Uh, Carolina, of course, the Cowboys' opponent on Sunday. Uh, Rare noon game for the Cowboys, keep in mind. It'll be a noon kick for the Cowboys. Houston is hosting Arizona. Uh, Of course, the big game tonight. Let's get to the other headlines, including a great day for Rodney Terry and the Longhorn basketball program. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. And, yeah, the biggest story is Texas basketball. They got a win last night. Longhorns are 3-0 now. They beat Rice. Um... Down at Moody Center, 80-64. to 64. Longhorn shot 60% from the field, but turnover 16, probably the issue. Tyrese Hunter led the way with 18. Uh, but last night's win came on the heels of a great uh, recruiting win, massive recruiting win for the Horns yesterday afternoon. Trey Johnson, the number four overall prospect in the 2024 industry rankings, committed to Texas, the 6'5", or now 6'6", scoring machine, has narrowed, had narrowed his choices down to Texas and Baylor. And on the final day of the early signing window, he joined the Pat McAfee Show on ESPN to make the announcement. Trey, if you would like to let the world know where you will be taking your incredible talents next year, we would be honored to be in your presence while doing so. Uh, yes, sir. I'll be going to the University of Texas. Yep, uh, the, the 
Trey Johnson helped Dallas Lake Highlands to a state championship as a junior in the 6A level. He's playing his senior year at the Link Academy in Missouri right now. Johnson and his family have a longstanding relationship with Rodney Terry. The dates back to when Terry was an assistant coach at Baylor, and Trey's father, Richard, played for the Bears. Uh, Texas football, seventh-ranked Longhorns, senior there, prep for this week's trip to Iowa State. Accolades yesterday coming in for defensive lineman Tavondre Sweat, rightfully, 6'4", 340-pound senior, named uh, a semifinalist for the 2023 Outland Trophy by the Football Writers Association of America. Outland awarded annually to the nation's top interior lineman. He's one of two defensive linemen on the uh, the finalist list. There are five offensive linemen there as well. Through 10 games, Sweat has posted career highs with 35 tackles, 15 solo tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks. Also breaking up a couple of passes. Uh, the winner will be announced during the uh, College Football Awards show on ESPN on December the 10th. Major League Baseball Awards Week continues there as well. Monday, uh, Baltimore's Gunnar Henderson and Arizona's Corbin Carroll named the AL and NL Rookies of the Year. On Tuesday, Skip Schumacher of the Marlins and Brandon Hyde of the Orioles named Managers of the Year. Yesterday was Cy Young time. Uh, Yankees ace Garrett Cole uh, wins the Cy Young. Padres left-hander Blake Snell in the National League. Today, it will be MVPs, the most valuable players in both the American and National League. Uh, NBA, the uh, league has suspended Draymond Green without pay for five games for his uh, choking incident, headlock incident uh, against Minnesota the other night. Five games he is out. Uh, Mavericks on the floor last night. Got a big win. They uh, beat up on the Washington Wizards. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Gobble up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items for Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Yeah, congratulations to uh, Texas basketball. That was a, that's a huge get, Trey Johnson. Highest you know, rated guard in the country, uh, five star. So at least the Texas basketball fans who are concerned whether Rodney Terry can recruit, I think he's answered those questions early on that he's definitely got the chops to recruit, and it's mostly about his relationships and connections. But he's got plenty of those, and right now Texas, you know, looks like they're uh, they're going to stock probably really talented. What did Jerry say? Top five recruiting class now? Yeah, and he said, yeah, I think they're done now. Yesterday the early window will close, but uh, they'll, they'll open back up in the spring. And Jerry Hamilton, who was with us last hour, indicated they probably want to add one more piece. And, yeah, I mean, um, you know, recruiting in basketball right now difficult because, you, you know, the G League is competition and um, you got to deal Gold with that. Gold if you want to. Yeah, you've seen Ron Holland last year. You know, now he's likely the number one pick in the draft next, uh, next summer in the NBA. He's, he's that good. Uh, but he never stepped foot on campus at Texas. But uh, Jerry's indication was that he would. Uh, that he does want to have some college experience. And, um, you know, the, the fact that he came out of Texas and Baylor, not surprising, because I mentioned Rodney Terry coached his dad when Rodney was an assistant at Baylor way back. Uh, but he also played at Baylor. So it was down to those two. Scott Drew head-to-head with Rodney Terry. Now, this is why it's got to be exciting, because when, when, obviously when Chris Beard and that situation happened and he was re- removed, uh, you know, Rodney Terry got his chance yep. and showed he could go, because the question is, you know, can he go X's and O's with the best coaches in the, in the country, which is the Big 12? I mean, you're Bill Self here, Scott Drew. Exactly you're right. Kelvin Sampson in the, in the Big 12 now. And he showed last year all the way almost to the Final Four that he can X and O and build a game plan. Great coaching staff. Uh, that box checked in a big way. Uh, but that was also seen as a team built by Chris Beard. Exactly. That, you know, this was Chris Beard's team. And Rodney would bristle at that and say, wait a second, I helped recruit most of that team with Chris. You know, he brought me in as a head coach from UTEP Mm -hmm. to be his ace recruiter and build the roster, which we did together. So, you know, those who say that was all Chris Beard. Rodney Terry had a big hand in that. Chris Beard had the vision for the players he wanted to go after. 
but now it's Roddy Terry's vision. And obviously, the, if you see the team right now, it's completely rebuilt. This, this team and this roster will remind you a little bit of when Chris Beard first got here and had to really rebuild the roster now. Um, good fortune in that Tyrese Hunter came back. Dylan Mitchell came back. Dylan DeSue's playing there again. Uh, Brock Cunningham's back for uh, 12th year or whatever number he's on. Um, so you got those, those, those veteran presences that have been in the program, but then you go out and you add the Max Smiths, the Caden Shedricks, the other pieces that are on this team, and now you're showing the ability to recruit nationally. And as you said, Rod, right off the top, to have that done on the Pat McAfee show, that's a huge platform. To have the name Texas announced and Rod Pat McAfee saying hook them and all these things, that's, that's big for the, for the athletic department in general uh, yeah. on the heels of Arch Manning that, you know, you, as you said, kind of becoming the it, it program for young people. Yeah, Pat McAfee likes the Texas brand, though. He's been, you know, he's been hovering around. He was big on Texas you know, football, big on Texas basketball, as you mentioned last, uh, uh, last year as well. So he's – and maybe that means that it is kind of becoming the it university again because that show skews toward – I mean, it's the most popular show, popular sports show with the younger demographic. It skews young. That's why ESPN paid so much money to get him so they can get the yeah, younger demographic. And they let him cuss and say things. Well, that's because the young folks like it, right? Young people like that. They don't necessarily want that much decorum, right? They don't know all that civility uh, uh, with their sports programs. They want him to get wild on there, and he does. Uh, and it's really entertaining, um, but it goes to show you that, yeah, Texas is, because at least with Pat McAfee, he, maybe he understands that Texas is shitting toward being at university, or he just likes Texas. But either way, he mentions Texas a lot, makes a lot of references to Texas, and has supported Texas a ton yeah. since he's hit the main stage. Well, when he became on part of college game day, they were here last year. I think it was a TCU game, right? His basketball season was firing up, mm-hmm. and that's when he went over and got to know Rodney Terry. And uh, you know, Chris Beard was still the coach at the time, if memory serves there. Yeah, maybe that was it then. And yeah, that's where. And then Kevin Durant was there, mm-hmm. and so you know there, there was a bond build, and then he rooted for Texas all the way. He was big on them uh, through their run to the to the Elite Eight and almost to the Final to Four. Bama. I think he did. I want he was the only person that picked Texas to beat Bama on that panel up there. So. Right. Can we, uh, before we you know, continue, I want to play this, uh, the, the Dave Tepper audio that we you do. sent We do. We have the time. Dave Tepper and the Frank Reich, if you want to play that one, too. All right. So this it. is the owner of the Carolina Panthers who played the Cowboys this week. Obviously, the big story is C.J. Stroud, not just the rookie of the year, but in the MVP mix. Bryce Young struggling. And this is, uh, Dave Tepper doesn't name any names here, but this is the owner of the team kind of stepping into a press conference. And if you have this, Ty, let's fire it up and see if we can, we can hear what the owner said about a trade that was in the works ahead of the draft last April. We had a trade to go up to two, and it was a three-way trade with um, Chicago, and we were going to go up to two, and the Texans were going to trade up to one, Chicago was going to be down to two, and we were going to trade with Chicago. And so we were, you know, we were waiting, we had that trade kind of arranged on Wednesday, I think, Scott, is that the time one? I think Wednesday. And so, um, you know, we waited, you know, <laughs> you have to appreciate it, like, I, I come from a world where you do trades. And I don't love when trades don't happen right away. So I'm driving Scott crazy. I, I have to apologize to Scott for this, by the way. I'm saying, what's going on with these guys? This doesn't feel right. What's going on? And so Wednesday goes, Thursday goes, we get into Friday, and the, the uh, Texans changed their mind about the trade, about doing the trade, the three-way trade. We got in the afternoon. It's Friday afternoon. And, you know, Scott talked to um, Poles, um, and basically um, he, he, got the, he, he got a value that he would accept for us to move up to one. All right, wow. so there you go. Yeah, why the detail about this now? Uh, it is so strange to me. I guess he, it sounds like he's just got, he's upset that if they if the trade would have gone through, now in retrospect, he's looking at it and saying, man, we'd have ended up with C.J. Stroud. 
<laughs> well, when I say he's kind of a weird guy, I mean, you heard it right there, but he, you know, think about it. He talk, the, guy, the Scott he mentions is the general manager. And you, he said, I was just driving him crazy. Scott, what's, what's Houston doing? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> We're talking. I'm waiting to hear back, man. Can you just imagine your boss keep calling you? Have they called? Have they called? Have they called? No, they haven't called. Yeah. We're waiting on them. Uh, well, I don't like to wait. Well, boss. He's a, he's a billionaire. Boss. Billionaires don't like to wait. They're not well, very patient. Either. And that leads to the – you had John McClain's song the, the, from the Houston Chronicle formerly and saying that he thinks Texans would have taken Bryce Young had they had the one pick. Yeah. You know, this would indicate that they could have had the one pick. Yeah, they could this have. Deal would have. This deal would have landed Houston at one. They backed out for whatever reason. And they backed out of it. Uh, and then, were, you know, you could, you could argue it was because they were confident that C.J. Stroud was going to be the first pick and they would still get their guy at two. Oh, they didn't I think mean, it that was Bryce a, Young was going to go one and they'd get C.J. They didn't think it was a big difference between them. So they're like, you know what, who cares? It's not a big difference between the two. Right. And so they took, obviously, C.J. They now have the best. And they wanted to use that capital to trade up to get Will Anderson again. That's, I mean, right. that's probably They probably decided, you know what? We, we will be okay with the second-best quarterback in this class if that's what they uh, evaluated. But what we really need is two foundational pieces, one on offense and one on defense, and that's why they decided, you know what, we're going to use that trade capital, that draft capital, to trade up to get our defense yeah. guy. And, and that was the going on in the Houston war room is we know we need a quarterback. The owner was like, man, we can't this, – this franchise needs a, a face. Yep. Um, we're not coming out here without a QB. But D'Amico Ryans was lobbying for Will Anderson. It's like, I'm a defensive like, guy. I, need like, <laughs> I just came from San Francisco where we had Boza and all these guys. Yeah. We need to, to replace J.J. Watt here. I know we have to have a, a foundational piece on our defense. And I think Will Anderson out of Alabama is a special player. And oh, Nick Saban, of course, gave him the highest recommendation. It is one of the best players and leaders we've had. And uh, so now you got both of them. And obviously yeah. there was a lot of criticism or at least – you know, for, for Houston giving up another, you know, they gave up their own first round pick next year mm-hmm. to go up and get Will Anderson with Arizona. So Arizona feels good about the deal, uh, but they still own Cleveland's pick. And they so they still have a first round pick of, of Cleveland's. And, and they and just got this starting quarterback. And now you got Deshaun Watson hurt and they're mm-hmm. sitting at five and three. But, you know, wins are going to be hard to come by now with Dorian Tucker, Dorian Thompson. Robinson, Robinson yeah. in that division, uh, Cleveland's going to struggle. So if you're Houston, you still have, may have a, a middle of the first round kind of you know, draft pick this year. But you have your quarterback of the future. Who cares what you paid for him? You have you your, to, your face of your defense for the future. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you gave up to get him if they hit. And that was the key, right? <laughs> when they did it, they rolled the dice. They, they got to be right. And so far, they both look like really good players. And then the draft d- tank Dell in the third round. Um, That's because of a recommendation from your quarterback, C.J. Stroud. <laughs> who's turned into a, you know, one right? of the best young rookie receivers in the league. And, uh, yeah, it's fun uh, down in Houston. And meanwhile, Schultz the has worked out really well for Yeah, him. Dalton Schultz was a good signing. That Noah Brown one was a nice signing, too. And, yeah. and, and Nico Collins, the receiver who didn't play last week, he was a pick out of Michigan a couple, in two drafts ago. He has the highest uh, passer rating when targeted in the NFL right now. Nico Collins does. Hey, by the way, that's the next thing. Speaking of Michigan, that's the next big conversation tomorrow with that hearing with Jim Harbaugh doing his Judge Judy thing. He'll be showing up they at got, that. They got to find a way to get cameras in that damn thing. They do. They gotta find I need that. Because right now, you, this thing is trending toward being one of the wackiest, craziest stories in modern uh, sports history that we've been able to cover. They and that got Judge Judy stuff involved. What the random Judge Judy references. Judge Judy's commenting on this story now. Uh, Have you seen that? She made a comment about the Harbaugh family. What's he say? Uh, something about but we'll do that off they're, the record. They're, they're great people, so I'll find that comment for you. Judge Judy, yeah, because there's Judy. there's video of Jim Harbaugh uh, at a taping of the Judge Judy show. It's crazy. It's so it's weird. It's almost about. become like a Coen Brothers movie. The whole it, thing. It really is. Wild, like man. one of the. It's like what? Yeah. What? Connor that Stallions. That guy's. That's his real name. By the way, one piece of information on that Michigan story. 
there is a, a Freedom of Information Act that was filed. Of course, it's a public university. Uh, Connor Stallions, the center of this whole thing, no expense reports filed, Rod. No expense reports filed. So oh. all the tickets. Also, it was personal. It's like me. I, I, I didn't, like, I didn't well, want to be Well, there's no paper trail from just, Michigan rubber stamping these well, things. Well, he didn't want to be reimbursed. Like he's basically like, well, if he did, there's no paper trail of it. Cash homie. Straight yes. cash homie. Well, then you can separate him from the university and from the program a little bit, right, and from the coaching staff a little bit. Well, I think that's what Michigan he's is certainly going to gonna go. lean on is, yeah. look, we, this guy was doing that on his own. Yep. We didn't yep. know that. Yeah. Exactly. If he had filed some experience report, then maybe we'd have known what he was doing. We'd have got some but, clues about it. You know, it. The, the, the investigation should include from the Big Ten, talking to coordinators. Okay, did you know Connor Stallings? What was all this? That needs to play out. But this, this is a hearing about the temporary restraining order, and can Jim Harbaugh be back on the sidelines against Maryland on Saturday? Uh, and, of course, bit more importantly, the Ohio State game the following Saturday after Thanksgiving, uh, number you know two versus number three in the game of the year in the Big Ten, one of the games of the year in college football. And by the way, I don't know that that matters. Michigan's going to beat Ohio State, right? I think so. I would put, I would put money on Michigan right now because we're just talking about CJ Stroud. Michigan couldn't Ohio State couldn't beat Michigan at home with CJ Stroud. With CJ and all those all those NFL <laughs> wide receivers, like three, four NFL wide yeah. receivers. They couldn't beat him with that dude, and now they got this other guy who's not as good as CJ Stroud. Not even and now close. they have to go to Ann Arbor. Yeah, I would. Like I said, I I'd I, probably uh, lean on putting money on Michigan. Me too. Me too, even if Jim Harbaugh can't be on the sidelines for the game. That's symbolic. You know that. He's there, he's there putting in the game plan during the week. He's helping yeah, coach week. every day. He can fly with the team. Yeah. He just can't go to the stadium on the day of the game. Can, can he communicate with his coaches? Can he call that and That I don't know. That's I don't, I don't believe too. so. Because, uh, yeah, they got to make sure they stipulate that because he can easily be like, hey, I just saw something. Let me text my coach real quick. When you think about that, I mean, see how good C.J. Stroud is. They, the Buckeyes with Ryan Day couldn't beat Michigan at home with that guy. Yeah, and it wasn't because of points; it was because of the 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 Michigan power on their offense. And um, so they did against now, uh, Penn State. They went power football, old school power football. They they basically went up there and played like one of these service academies, and didn't throw the ball in the second half at all. With at all. seven O line packages, and one by nine. It just beat the hell. And out really of wasn't that close because Penn State them. scored a late touchdown to make yeah. it look a t- little more respect. They just bullied them. Yeah, that's uh, and that's that's the 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 other subplot of this is Michigan might be the best damn team in the country. While all this is happening, there's a hearing Friday as we're talking uh, NFL. We kicking off tonight. We got college football hitting its zenith right now. Longhorns headed to Iowa State. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain coming up. Yes, Rod sir. will get us the deep dive on this uh, Iowa State defense. And the thing that jumps off the screen, Rod, is their their secondary is huge. Secondary is big. They got a six four safety, six two and a half safety. I mean, they're, they're big dudes, man. Hybrid linebackers, basically, that force in the running game. Well, I want to hear about that yeah. and how Texas attacks that because Longhorns have great weapons, but these are big dudes at they're the line, dudes. at the uh, safety position. Um, not a great team, but uh, they know what they are. A and, sound team. Yeah, assignment sound team. Yeah, Rod will take us behind that uh, BOC. Also, off the record before the end of the hour, always get those stories that maybe you haven't heard, but you need to hear because they'll be talked about and you'll be talking about them. Talk about with Ian Rod Vick. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hey, coming up for the top of the hour, we'll go off the record, including. Uh, New study out there says uh, how much how much weight will each person gain over the holidays, Rod? How much 
Oh. The number of pounds Depends the average much, person will gain. How much fast food you're going to eat over yeah, there? Yeah, that's right. Well, and turkey and dressing and all that that comes with pies and candies and all the desserts. Uh, holidays are coming. But of course, next week, one week from today's Thanksgiving, uh, Dale Longhorns will play Texas Tech the day after in their final regular season game. First things first, though, Iowa State tomorrow night. Also an off-the-record ride, I have some, uh, some Kelsey Brothers sound, but it has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. That's good. They've actually – Ty's going to be happy. They've actually glossed a new term. Do you know what their word grundle means? Grundle. I don't know. Sounds like a reference to like Harry Potter. No, no. Ty, do you know what Grundle is? You have have a definition for Grundle? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, I think I've heard of it before, but no, I don't think I can tell you. We'll let the Kelsey brothers uh, bring that to light for you because it's, it's, you'll, 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 it'll be etched in your head. We'll have that coming up as well. As we get you rolling, it is a Thursday into the weekend with a great game tonight on Thursday Night Football. A lot of a good football conversation for sure. Talking about Michigan on the way to the timeout uh, with that hearing pending tomorrow, temporary restraining order. By the way, still surprised that the, the judge in the case, you know, give him some credit because he's a Michigan alum. Uh, who was hearing this case, and he he actually you know lectures at the law school at Michigan from time to time. There you know, go. so he's a Michigan guy. Uh, a lot of people thought when that temporary restraining order was requested last you know Friday night and Saturday morning because Michigan was none too pleased as we talked about Rod that they dropped that suspension on him on Friday, which was Veterans Day. Yeah. And, you know, courts were closed, mm-hmm. federal holiday. Yeah, that was uh, intentional. Made it a little tougher. That was premeditated. But they got to a guy, a Michigan man, who declined to uh, – because a lot of people thought that morning, if you were watching the Saturday morning shows, that the judge was going to rule in favor and go yeah. and sign the TRO and uh, he'd be able to play. Nope. Said, no, i got to talk to you guys. Be yeah. in my chambers uh, exactly. Friday morning. And that'll be tomorrow night. Yeah, because I believe you can get a just to sign off on stuff like that uh, without them being necessarily in a you know a legal courtroom or anything like that. They don't have to actually be at an office to do it. Uh, but he decided, nah, it's a little too shady, guys. Too shady. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a legal uh, right. I'm a judge here. Uh, there are kind of maybe some legal ramifications. Nah, we're good. Let's do this in a, a court of law. Well, I mean, <laughs> you just wonder, you know, how much is revealed here uh, as far as information Michigan has and is fighting for. Or, you know, because Michigan's trying to argue that Ohio State is at the epicenter of all this mm-hmm. and they kind of started this whole thing and uh, media's run with it. Because uh, I mentioned that, you know, you asked the question if Harbaugh can't be on the sidelines during the game, could he be communicating with his coaches? Yeah, can he text him? And somebody said, does it really matter? In this day and age of technology, Harbaugh still calling the shots from his couch. If you believe he's involved in the sign stealing stuff, would you believe he's not texting his coaches? That's what I'm saying. Like, on the low down during the game. That's right. That, that would have to have been specified in the punishment. Like, no communication on game day at all with any staff or any players on game day. If they didn't say that, then Harbaugh's definitely coaching from, said, yeah, from, from the couch or he's coaching, uh, you know, from his phone or whatever. Coaching via text, however you want to say it. Yeah. There's no doubt that's happening because he's a control freak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he's, he's speaking of weird guys. about the owner of the uh, Carolina Panthers being weird. Jim Harbaugh is kind of an odd dude. He is uh, an odd dude. But uh, it's, 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 it's a more of a cooler odd. Like, it's more of a relatable odd that you can hang out with. That, the billionaire odd is a weird odd that you really can't really relate to. And if you're – think about it, you're Frank Reich. You went from the, the Colts 
ownership. And Jim Irsay is wild. Weirdo. He's wild. And then you went to this dude, you just can't pick him. Yeah. You well, of course, your owner last year fired you in favor of Jeff Saturday. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that didn't go Brutal. well. Jeff Saturday's back on ESPN now. Oh, man. Coach Cornnuts on the text line says, yeah, Ohio State didn't beat Michigan last year because Michigan had all the signs, right? Mm, yeah, we'll oh, see. Oh, man, must see TV coming we up a week just, from last yeah, Saturday. Stroud was asked about that, too. He was asked about it and commented on it. Yeah, um, what did he say? He basically said he took the high road. He was like, oh, and, you know, they we we got to play better. You got to got to make the plays, that kind of thing. So he just took the high road. You can watch the the two, the, bus. the two games C.J. Stroud played against the the Wolverines. They lost both of them, mm-hmm. but he made some unbelievable throws in those games. It was more about the Michigan offense. Think about it, yeah. But because Michigan was was close game at halftime both times, and then second half Michigan just blew it out. Yep. Uh, and now they get him in Ann Arbor. All right, let's get to uh, behind the burn orange curtain. Texas mm-hmm. looking to finish strong with two games remaining. Let's get more on the Longhorns matchup with Iowa State. And they were all asked. Asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about the Iowa State defense. It's uh, one of my favorite defenses uh, to cover and to watch. Uh, they run the dreaded three high, three down with Sark. This will be the fifth team that's basically run the three high three down defense against Texas this season. You got TCU, you got K State, remember U of H. Broke it out as a tendency breaker, and Wyoming, it was their, that's their bread and butter defense. Uh, they major in it. So you place four teams, this will be the fifth team that run three high. So remember all me, me ranting last year that Sark's got to figure it out? You got to find the antidote to the three high, three down, which has been his kryptonite. If he didn't, then it was going to cost him all right, dearly in this season. This is what I was talking about because this is the fifth team that he's got to deal with. Now, he actually has done pretty well. Some of these wins and have been a little too close for comfort, um, but I do think Sark is figuring out how to expose the three high, three down. We'll get to that in just a second. But let's talk about the Iowa State defense and some of the personnel, the actual defenders. I've told you guys I like their secondary. They're not elite, but they're assignment sound. All right, they're assignment sound, which means they're not going to beat themselves. Uh, you're not going to get busted coverages. Uh, you, you, you know, Iowa State's one of those defenses. They're going to play with good technique. They're going to play with good fundamentals. Now Texas has. Has ridiculous explosive talent on the outside, so Texas will win their fair share, but they won't be cheap. They won't give up anything cheap, and that's not really what they do. Uh, the secondary, Jeremiah Cooper, uh, he's, a, he's a, a DB for them. He actually leads the Big 12 in interceptions, got five interceptions and six PBUs. He's a good player. Uh, I like Bo Frailer. He's essentially, think of him as a hybrid linebacker that they got playing safety. <laughs> which is a lot. And he brought up the size of these guys in the secondary. I'll just go over the size for the kick. Bo Frailer, 6'2", 220. Uh, Malik Verdon is 6'4", 225. These are DBs. <laughs> My, uh, Jeremiah Cooper is 6'185". Uh, TJ Tampa, even at corner, he's 6'2", 200. Um, ben Nickel, 6'1", 210. They're bigger guys in that secondary. Uh, even Miles Purchase, the only guy that's under six foot. He's 5'11", 205. You can tell size matters to them in their secondary. And you go look at it right now, TJ Tampa is probably the most consistent in the secondary. He's a he's a semifinalist for the Ben uh, Nerica ben, uh, ben award, actually. Um, he's a really good player. He's going to play on Sundays. Uh, but Jeremiah Cooper is the ball hawk back there and makes a lot of plays on the football and their pass efficiency defense, which is probably the best cumulative way to evaluate a secondary. Uh, my man, Coach Aquino, was big on pass efficiency defense when I, when I was playing at Texas, uh, and we were always among top five in the country or close to it. Uh, Iowa State pass efficiency defense, ninth in all of college football. 
It's a top 10 pass efficiency defense. Like I said, they don't – they're good fundamentals, assignment sound. They don't beat themselves. They got – how about this? They're fourth in all of college football in passes defended, 60 of them. They have 60 passes defended as a defense. That's top five, fourth in college football, and they're a top 10 pass efficiency defense. Um, so you don't necessarily want to – it's one of those things you've got to be very – specific and particular about how you attack them in the past game. They can be exploited, and I'm going to go through that in a second, but you've got to be really mm, detailed-oriented and specific about how you're going to do it. Uh, their rush defense is actually is pretty good, too. They're 36th in rush defense in the country, 29th in total defense, 34th in pass defense, 22nd in third down defense. So they're a good defense. They're not great. They're not elite, but they're a good defense. They've only allowed, how about this, four rushes of 20-plus yards. That's it, the entire season. Georgia also has allowed only four rushes of 20-plus yards because they're so assignment sound. Right? They're not going to give up big chunk yards, explosive plays because they're assignment sound. Everybody's supposed their gap sound, uh, their assignment sound. They tackle really well in the open field. So they don't give up a lot of cheap stuff. Now, they had not played an offense as explosive as Texas' offense in terms of the personnel uh, that they have across the board and the weaponry. But like I said, they don't give up a lot of big plays. Uh, like I said, same as Georgia. Only four 20-plus yard uh, rushes that they've allowed all season long. So getting back to the, the actual scheme they run, the three high, three down. John Haycock, one of the pioneers, one of the founding fathers of the three high three down defense and and you guys have heard me ad nauseum break down the three high three and what makes it unique essentially the three high three down is just a presentation right it's just a presentation they still run the same coverages the same pressure packages and the same fronts that they run out of single high safeties and two high safety looks the three high it's just a newer the, the most modern and the newest presentation all right, where you can basically use disguise and distortion pre-snap. That, to me, that's the most unique element, the most unique quality of the three-high, three-down is its disguise and distortion, forcing quarterbacks in the passing game to process everything post-snap. Instead of getting your pre-snap read and diagnosis, you must process everything post-snap because your pre-snap never matches up with your post-snap because it's such a malleable defense. It is constantly moving and evolving and giving you a different look, rotating the safeties, giving you a different look pre-snap than post-snap. So forcing quarterbacks to process everything post-snap, which is tough because that means you don't get pre-snap indicators, um, and that's tough on the RPO game because the RPO game is all about your pre-snap box count. You're counting the numbers in the box. If you have the advantage in the box, you hand it off. If you don't, you throw it to the tag on the outside. Well, if they're consistently shifting and moving the box count numbers, well, the quarterback can be wrong a lot of times on his count. And if he's got the numbers advantage to the outside or inside in the box, and then you're dealing with the RPO game being all screwed up. That's how it really screws up the passing game because quarterbacks have to process everything post-snap, and it messes with the RPO. It messes with the run game, same thing with the RPO game, but it messes with the run game also because of distortion and disguise because offensive players, offensive linemen, need to know where their blocking assignments are. I need to know where my blocking, I need to know where the defender is and where he's going to be, so that's why I know, boom, that's the guy I'm blocking, that's my assignment, that's my gap, right? And with the three out, three down, you don't know that all the time. You don't know it sometimes until after the snap because they have, they have defenders coming from third level. 
Like I just told you, Bo Frailer, he's basically a middle linebacker coming from the third level, <laughs> running the alley. How in the hell is an offensive lineman or an offensive player going to be assignment sound and know exactly where he's coming from and what gap he's going to fit? If you have six guys in the box, and I always say this, it doesn't mean you just got six guys in the fit. I can have eight guys in the run fit, but they're coming from different levels of the defense to have those run fits. If you come from a level deep enough, the offensive guys, they have no idea who to block. Because you come, you're coming from such a from a different strange angle, and you're coming from such a high a, a second level. They can be wrong, and they can be unsound in their assignments. And with that being said, that's why Sark, and I and I think he's getting closer to this because there are hints to it. And I'll give to that in just a second. My theory was that if you want to expose the three high three down, you must force it to declare its intention. You must force it to declare to abandon uh, disguise and abandon distortion and, and and declare its coverage, declare its front, declare its pressure package. And when they do that, you have better indicators about who to block in the run game, better indicators about what coverage they're playing, and then who to go to in your in your pass progression. Right. So. That's what Sark needs to do more of. And I went back and did the research. Six O-line package. That's why I said you got to go extreme against the three-eye. If you, the more extreme you are offensively, the, the, you will force their hand to declare themselves and to abandon disguise. That's why the six O-line package last year, Texas averaged over six yards per rush in the six O-line package versus, versus three-high, three-down. Why? Because it cleans up the blocking scheme for the offensive players. Uh, this season, three-high, three-down uh, defense. Uh, when Texas uh, versus Texas 6-0 line package, I should say, you have Texas um, averaging almost 13 yards per attempt, right under five yards per rush, but you're still averaging over eight yards per play. All right, and it's mostly in a passing game because it's Team CU coming with a heavy personnel package, six offensive linemen. They immediately want to counter with rush defense, with heavy run-oriented uh, personnel on defense, and that gives you favorable matchups on the outside, which is why your yards per attempt, shoot, they skyrocket in these situations. But you also go look at uh, extreme formations like empty formation versus three-high, three-down. Last season, Texas averaged over eight yards per attempt in empty formation versus three-high, three-down. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing will be first down rate. You're over 50% first down rate. That means, yeah, 50% of your plays in empty versus three high, you were getting a first down, and you had first down touchdown rate even higher than 50%. That's the extreme formations, extreme personnel packages, how they force the three high, three down to declare its intention. Sark is doing it different this year. He's not doing it with the 6-0 line package in empty formation like I thought. You can do it with 21 personnel, just as long as you're extreme and less moderation and less balance. He's doing it with unbalanced formations. This is when you have all your receivers to one side of the field. You're even, um, at times, you even lose one of those eligible receivers because they'll be covered up when you go unbalanced. But unbalanced is extreme. And Sark has been unbalanced in the last two games, close to 40 snaps. That's definitely the most snaps I've seen him use unbalanced in a two-game stretch. And I think the reason he's doing this is because he knows it's extreme, and it'll force that three high, three down to declare its intention and make life easier on his offensive players, mostly the quarterback and the offensive line. It's got to be a very uh, high level of execution because they're not, uh, as you said, dynamic, but they're sound. And those two numbers, ninth in the nation in pass efficiency defense and then Fourth. only four explosive oh. runs. Oh, you have 20-plus yards. So that's that just tells you they're going to make you earn it. 
They're going to make you earn it. And uh, they got 15 interceptions. And you know, Texas should win this game. I mean, Oklahoma scored 50 on these guys right yes, before they, they played Texas in the Cotton Bowl. And Dylan Gabriel had 366 yards and really shredded them. But they've gotten better from that game mm-hmm. and uh, been, been more assignment sound. So uh, that's the challenge for the Longhorns, uh, to put the crowd aside, the blackout, all that's going to go on, and uh, execute even without their best running back in Jonathan exactly Brooks, right. who won't be there. All right, we'll come back. There's good stuff with Rod behind the BOC. That's the challenge for the Longhorns, who are still right around an eight-point favorite. Uh, in this game on Saturday night, 7 o'clock from Ames, Iowa. Coming back off the record, we'll get you what the definition of grundle is. I think you'll like it. Also, some other stories you maybe you've missed, but you need to hear, Rod, on this 16th of November. Coming back. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry. Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get it. Bring the egg comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Off the record, stories you need to hear because you're going to be talking about them, or certainly people are going to be talking about them. We'll get back to the top stories at the top of the hour, including the Longhorns landing uh, one of the top high school prospects in basketball for the class of 2024. Big get for Rodney Terry. So our uh, fun Thursday conversations continue. Rod, what do you have in uh, off the record? I'm going to get you the definition of grundle here coming up, but you need to know that. But hey, uh, what do you have? Uh, Ty, I sent you a piece of sound, a piece of audio. I DM'd it to you. Um, it's actually a Dan Campbell uh, piece of audio. Now, speaking of Dan Campbell, there's two stories here. While Ty gets a piece of audio already, he was <laughs> Dan Campbell was on the show and he had a <laughs> a warning to all the Detroit Lions fans out there. That I think it's pretty funny. Um, but Texas A&M, as we suggested yesterday, they did reach out to Dan Campbell reportedly. Nice. Uh, Dennis, Dennis Dodds reports that they did reach out to uh, them. Dennis Dodds of CBS Sports, um, and they had a conversation. He said, "Quote: After back channel communications were initiated by the Ag." It was made clear that Campbell would be staying in the NFL with the Lions. I like that, first of all, because that shows you that they're, they, they made a list of the top candidates, even the dream, right, the dream candidates, and they're just communicating with them all and forcing them to tell Aggies no. Right? If they if they don't want the job, that's cool. Force them to tell you no. There's nothing wrong with hitting on the hottest woman in the club. If she's a ten, it's okay. And if you're a seven, all she can say is no. And who knows? She might say you're cute. You know what I mean? You never know. All right, that's the Aggies right now. They're hitting on the hottest women in the club, and all they can do is tell them no. So I like that from the Aggies. I think it's a smart move. It does show you that also the Aggies may not. One of the theories is the Aggies already had in mind who they're going to hire. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't have that in mind. They just, they just need, they need to get rid of, they need to move on from Jimbo. They knew that. Yeah. that. That had to happen. That had to happen. We don't know who we're going to hire, but we know we can't be in this situation. Or you're kind of placating boosters. Look, we call Dan Campbell. Like, that's kind cool. of knowing he's not going to come. You yeah, know what true. I'm saying? You got a booster. like, hey, hit him up. Yeah, well, yeah. He's, a, he's an alum, and yeah. he's doing a great job in the NFL, and he's very well liked, and so you have to make that call and check boxes. Um, and, you know, because if you're waiting, because if you, Dan Lanning's your guy, you got to wait. Right? Yes, you're waiting on Kalen DeBoer's your guy. You got to wait. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong, as you said yesterday, actually doing due diligence and you know, gaining some ideas. Hey, uh, hey, Dan, if you don't want to come, do you have a coach on your staff that maybe we should think about for the coaching staff, big mm-hmm. picture, who could help us out? Those kind of things. Aaron Glenn, of course, is a defensive coordinator. He's an Aggie. He's an Aggie. Yeah. yeah. He likes former players, too, on his staff. He does. Uh, all right, Ty, do you have this, uh, this audio ready to go for Coach Campbell, Coach Dan Campbell? 
So he was on a radio show, Stoney and Jansen with Heather. Uh, is the name of the show, Stoney Jans, Stoney and Jansen with Heather. Uh, and Detroit's finest. Yeah, um, he was talking about his very controversial fourth down play calls because apparently he will, he will, his fourth down play calls are probably as unpredictable as any coach in the NFL. I sure. Mean, and nobody can really predict what he's going to go for. It. All the metrics that try to do it, they're just failing miserably. And here's his advice for those who can't handle his very uh, unpredictable fourth down play calling. And look, here, this, here's what I would say for, because I tell my family this, just wear a diaper before some of these games. And I'll give them an alert and say, put Tony. them on and be ready to roll. Um, Tony wears them anyway. Yeah, I'm not go. that old yet. Come on. I love that. He's like, hey, man, if y'all got a problem with it, you know, but put a diaper on, right? Because you may itch yourself with some of these calls. I'm about well, that to was last week against the Chargers. It was fourth and two. <laughs> And it was 38 all, and you you punt the ball right. New typically, they got the first down. They went on and kicked a field goal, and he said we never wanted to give the ball back to. We wanted to finish with the ball. Dude's got no fear. He does He's not no, operate that way. Big, big brass ones. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, can we? I'll play this for you because now speaking of brass ones, this is uh, the Kelsey brothers. This is not about tra- t- Taylor Swift. No Taylor Swift conversation. Oh, but there you from go, their New Heights podcast, and this is uh, Travis Kelsey asking his brother Jason about last Thursday while he was in Germany. Jason was a part because they had the bye week too, right? Mm-hmm. And they he was on the Amazon broadcast with Herb Street and Al Michaels, and they brought him in for some pregame. And here's them talking about that and what went on. And then you'll hear the definition of Grundle. You joined the booth, Kirk Herb Street and Al Michaels for the Bears Panthers game, a little NFL on Prime Video. Yeah, baby, you killed it, dude. It was exciting. It was honestly an unbelievable experience. Shout out to Amazon. Really, just honored that they let me do that. They also made you snap on your week off. Yeah, simulating what uh, Josh Dobbs had to go through. Brand new with a team, just has to get up off the sideline and go win a game. Isn't it such a f- wild situation it's crazy they wanted the visual of actually looking like what it felt like when you're trying to get used to another quarterback's cadence or a new quarterback comes in what do you initially do Fitz mentioned that you immediately start taking snaps but he he made one mistake he said listen i don't want to touch your grundle listen ball security number one you got to get up in there you gotta get that grundle if i don't feel your hand on my grundle i don't know where your hand's at (laughs) That's the reality. Seriously, that's becoming a major issue with the college game because so much of the college game is played in shotgun. <laughs> shotgun, yeah. That when these quarterbacks come under, they like have their hand like barely touch. I'm like, bro, I need to feel some pressure. Like I need to know where that hand's at, brother. If I don't feel pressure, I have no I'm snapping to my ass. I need to know where the hand is. Touch it. Don't be scared, son. If your knuckles don't smell like some sweaty balls afterwards, then you're not doing it right. Fitz wanted no part of that. He wanted no part. He was like, this dude just had some chili cheese dogs. (laughs) He was at the Wiener Circle last night. There you go, Rod. Grundle. Yeah, I I get the definition now. I know exactly the area he's talking about. Grundle. Grundle. Get it up in there. Yeah. He's right, though, actually. Don't be shy. Come to your center. About the, uh, the, the college game, they don't go into center anymore. But in the NFL, a lot, of co- a lot of NFL coaches still love to go under center. Every time Quinn yeah. Ewers goes under center for a quarterback sneak, he drops the ball. Well, and you know something crazy about to happen because he never goes under center. It's going to be a trick play or it's going to be something weird going on. I like that, though, Grundle. I remember hearing a story about uh, a center who had to – maybe Mark Schler told this story – that he had to go to the bathroom and he just decided to urinate right there. On the bench? What? And then no. it's all over his pants. Yeah, then then the quarterback <laughs> has all to go under there. there, yeah, and grundle and get the grundle. But that's a gross grundle. 
And he said, yeah, some, that's how it is sometimes. Hey, if, you're, if your knuckles don't smell like sweaty balls, Ooh, something ain't happening. Center and quarterback got to be close forever, considering <laughs> how often that happens, right? Hey, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> I, I want to shake your hand, but can I, you wash your hand kindly, please? Oh, man, between that and, tra- and Patrick Mahomes not washing his underwear. We'll be back. Yeah, it's his lucky underwear he's wearing. Oh, man, oh, we'll, man. we'll continue to hook him up. we got two hours to go, three hours down, but plenty to do. Uh, Rod will have another rant coming up. We'll also talk more Texas-Iowa State and the Longhorn commitment yesterday. It was a big one uh, on a national scale and was announced on a national platform. We'll get you details on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.